Hey, it's Eric here, and I'm here with illustrator, designer, and fan of whiskey, Mr. Steve McCarthy. Yeah, so I suppose to start, um, I read uh, in a piece you wrote a few years ago that your favourite stage of a project is when it begins to display personality, when it takes its own life, when it, when the solutions to every problem are answered. Um, is, is that still what excites you about about project? Is that where, where did I write that? I, it was it was like some article in. in it definitely, it definitely sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like any any job that I'm working on, uh, it gets to a stage about halfway through where it sort of dictates itself, and it's there's no stress because hmm. uh, I'm not I, like being arty and drawing and stuff like that doesn't really come naturally to me. I'm not one of these people who kind of wakes up in the morning and just like needs to draw and mm. fill out sketchbooks and stuff like that. Like I kind of have to force myself. And then halfway through a project, you sort of, the, the, the tip, it like the balance tips and it's fun again. Mm. And it doesn't really last that long. And then you're finished and you have to, you know, start something new. But that's the only real bit of this kind of work that I like, because I hate, the first part, all the dealing with money and trying to figure out the idea and stuff like that, I just find that a nightmare. And then once you're in the middle of it, it's it's deadly. Yeah. So yeah, when it literally becomes your own thing, as opposed to like someone else's brief, or is it more to do with like? You know? <sighs> it's weird. Like it's not like I'm trying to put my stamp on it. It's mm. more like. I don't know, it's just, it's a nice buzz to be in the middle of something that's working. Mm. And I couldn't, I've no formula for how to, I don't know, make a good one, like make a, a deadly illustration. Mm. It's not like, you know, you just do ABC and it comes out amazing. It's just sort of halfway between, like, uh, when, you, when you start something, you have something in your head, the way you want it to look, and then about halfway through doing it, you know, this is either okay or this is deadly. Mm. And it's kind of uh, to be on theme. It's taking a chance. It's like it's it's like it's sort of gambling. You mm. sort of like you go like, all right, I feel like if I mix this thing with this thing, it'll come out kind of nice. Mm. And then you have at it, and halfway through, you know if it's working because mm. there's no dead set recipe. Yeah, yeah. Is is that like what you're saying? Sort of mixing two styles? Because I noticed like you, I don't know if you did it, do it as much now, but it's sort of mixing like the real world photography with illustrations I thought that was really interesting is that something that you sort of that was that came out of it was just working with a friend of mine Steve O'Connor okay uh, he's a photographer and we just really wanted some kind of excuse to do something together mm. and uh, like so when that project came about that was for Jameson that was for uh, okay I think called Caskmates and they came to me and said like is it would you collaborate with somebody um, and I pitched, I pitched Steve O'Connor's work without telling him, as in like I just kind of put it forward and I drew on his photographs and just kind of like pretended like he'd said, yeah, cool. And then once they gave the go ahead, I contacted him and like, all right, we're doing this thing. Yeah. Um, but like we share a studio, so like it was just okay, cool. handy and we just wanted an excuse to do and, something. And you knew you'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's, it was kind of, I've known Steve for years and like we bounce ideas off each other all the time. Mm. So it just kind of felt like it'd be nice to find some way of bridging the gap. Mm. And like now, like so that, that was a, a thing we were messing about with for ages before we were in touch with Jameson about like um, taking photographs, because he, he takes photographs of just empty spaces, like these really beautiful kind of like, kind of somber sort of um, like dilapidated sort of um, areas and things like that. And they always looked like they were missing something. So, and like 
my illustrations are kind of loud and colourful or whatever, so we thought it'd be nice to mix them. And now we're working on kind of a follow-up to that. Like, we'd, we'd love to kind of continue the series and make it a bit more personal and a bit more weird. You know, and like, it was just so much fucking fun. Like, as in, just to kind of mess about. And he sort of sets the stage when he takes a photograph. And he's very sort of idiosyncratic. He's not sort of like, I don't know. He, like, as much as he would disagree with me saying this, like, he he's not very good at communicating what he has in his eye. He just wants to do it. Mm. So that's good for me. He just does the photograph, I see it, and I go, all right, that's my parameters. Mm. It's nice. Interesting, yeah. So, sort of staying on in the realm of collaboration, you work with a lot of the, some of the most forward-thinking people involved in music in Dublin. Um, how do how do your relationships with promoters and musicians come about? Like, like who? Did somebody jump out? Um, just in general, just from going on, like looking at your, you know, portfolios, like all your your well, like, work. Like, like, another love story is obviously a really good example. Yeah. Um, because really forward-thinking music and, you know, how, how did those sort of relationships come about? Well, I mean, it's funny, like, Dublin's kind of a small place. Mm. Um, but, like, I, I thought you were going to say this really big. Oh, yeah. Because they were, like, um, the lads from this really big are funny. They just, they have an eye and they know what they like and they're kind of very sort of, the same with another love story. They kind of come to me with cool stuff. Mm. Um, but, like, with this really big, uh, I literally just emailed Greg and I was like, hey, you do really cool shit. Is there any way you'd be doing something with illustrations coming up? And I think he just kind of, like we went for a little date by the canal <laughs> and uh, Greg was just sort of like, yeah, no, nah, we didn't really have anything, but now we do have something because you put the idea in my head. Mm. You know, like as in, he, he he's one of these people who has notions all the time mm. and has big plots. So he just kind of worked me into that. And it was the same working with Emmett for, another love story he kind of he's a big thinker he has loads of big ideas and like it's like it'd be like Emmett and Greg and John Mann and I don't know if you run into him yeah yeah like or Louis Scully they're just these people who have no like limits they yeah. just kind of like go off on one and that's great for doing illustration yeah yeah so but like you're obviously being being involved so much in, in music how do you see the sort of landscape of Irish music right now um I don't know like the the music's deadly, but I, I just feel really depressed at the moment about like venues and like places to go. Of course, yeah. Because like it just as in when I started out, I would have been working with Body Tonic and doing a lot of stuff in British Shaw and Twisted Pepper and sort of um, like doing stuff with Hidden Agenda or like the offshoot of that kind of stuff, um, and that was great. But it sort of seems like with each year they've like we've lost a decent spot for mm. stuff to happen or like something can't like get a foothold somewhere long enough that they can like have a personality mm. and like start to expand because that's if i'm working with a musician or working with like people who put on gigs and stuff like that they always have big personalities and they know what they want and they kind of have a vision and like if i'm going up against that then cool stuff happens mm. um but you only really get to that stage if somebody gets to have a patch for a while and they're like all right we've been here for a while like people are coming to the gigs now let's do something kind of fun and weird or whatever not just scraping by for the yeah first yeah because yeah. like you're i suppose you're nervous like mm. you know you, if you're booking acts and you get a gig on and people turn up that's great and then you have to like pull off that magic trick a second time 
and it makes people kind of nervous mm. and that's tough to work with yeah it's supposed to take that risk when you own a venue booking you know you want to be safe but you also want to be a little bit more adventurous it's sort of a way yeah of, like what, we, what was fun for me is when you, you're working with somebody who's putting on who's booking acts and has done it enough times that they've got a bit of confidence and they're like all right now i know what i want mm. they're not worried about like well this has to sell tickets mm. you know what i mean which is obviously like the main reason you do a graphic course, yeah. band or whatever but like when somebody wants to assert their personality that's a deadly time to bump into someone mm. like when someone's like all right i really want a particular fucking vibe mm. and like if i get to meet somebody when they're like that that's amazing it's golden it's a trust thing i suppose as well with brands especially like homebeat you mentioned emma yeah they have this they have this trust that it doesn't matter if if their fan base have no idea who they're putting on yeah they know it's going to be of a certain caliber yeah, because he's had the chance to do it. Yeah. Like, enough times that people are like, okay, I don't know who that band is, but the last couple of gigs they put on were deadly, so I'll mm. give it a shot. Yeah. Like, he was doing the, the Saturday gigs in um, in the cafe mm. in 34. They were savage. And, like, he didn't, he didn't even have to look at who was on. Mm. He'd just turn up, and you knew it was going to be decent because he's put the thought into it mm. or whatever. And then that's gone. So that's, like, miserable. Mm. Like, it's just... And I know for projects like that that they are kind of fleeting and that's just like part and parcel of putting things on on a low budget but like yeah you kind of need the landscape in order for good stuff to come out of it mm. and there's a little less than there used to be I think mm. it's like a little bit more scrappy yeah um, I suppose that leads on kind of into what I want to ask you next like when, when you see things around you that are shaky or like sort of unrest, I don't want to get into like political things because I'm yeah, really yeah. sick of doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. podcasts about political things, but <laughs> does the world around you, when things are a little bit shaky, does that help or hinder you creatively? Um, well, like during the, I can't remember what we're supposed to call it, the downturn or whatever, yeah. the, when, when there was no money, that was deadly. Mm. There was so much good shape going on. Mm. And there was like so many people taking risks and doing, and like, really going like full force and like yeah. we're gonna do this mad thing and there's a little bit less of that and mm. I think it's just because people are kind of nervous and a little bit more aware that like they can't really get away with as much and mm. um, so yeah it feels like when times are quote unquote, like quote unquote difficult mm. there's more creative stuff going on yeah uh, but it's a different kind of difficult it's like <laughs> like difficult for the world at large you know it's in like when like when the rest of Dublin is like having a hard time with like they're not making as much money for some reason that means we get to have more crack mm. like putting things on mm. and then when everybody else is making more money that for some reason means we don't get to have any crack anymore yeah, yeah. do you do you personally do, like do, can you see a change in your work with the outside environment or are you quite like steadfast in, in what like what you do are you do you sort of are you do you let your environment affect you I suppose yeah well I mean like I I, I, I like I, I see a lot of artists out there who I know and I work with or whatever who as they constantly change and like you know sort of develop it makes me a little bit like in a good way jealous like as in it's like oh fuck like I never thought of doing something like that can't copy them so now I have to go off and figure out my own thing and it's a it's a really good place to be. It's kind of mm. like a, it's like oh fuck that's really cool. I didn't think of that. Like all right, how do I get a, a bit of that? Mm. And that you get a lot of that in Dublin because people are sort of constantly bumping into each other style-wise and like how they go about things. They want to stand out and look different. So you sort of have people shooting off in different directions because they want to look 
different to their mates. Do you know what I mean? So that's and I like I don't know if it works because like you know like um Janikus Barillo. Yeah. He's a really good friend and if I can't do something, I'll just give him whatever job I can't do. And like I think we sort of bounce off each other and I see what he does and it's like, ah fuck that's cool and then I'll try and do something as far from that as possible with the mm. same sort of like, I don't know, taking a, a risk at it or whatever. Mm. And I know he's doing the same thing. He'll look at something I did and go like, fuck. And then he'll go off and do something cool. And it yeah. just feeds back in. It's totally positive. Yeah. You, yeah. I think you get the same thing from bands and stuff like that. As in like, you're, if you see somebody, like I was working with um, Spudgun. Oh yeah. And they're mental. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and like, uh, like as in working with them, like they're they're consistently mental, mm. and that's really just I don't know. It's refreshing. It was mm. kind of like the whole time I was working on it, I was like, all right, so this has to be mental. And I like I still I, they were really happy with what I did for them for mm. the AP, but it I looked at it and I was like, okay, it's not mental enough. Like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't sort of like have that feedback or whatever. Yeah. And I think it was just like through the course of working with them, I kind of fed off their personality a little bit. And was like, right, yeah, I'd like to and like I think. The next three or four pieces that I do will probably be affected by working with them because mm. of just their energy and their vibe and mm. like their absolute commitment to like this one sort of like mindset of yeah. mentalness. We interviewed them, Owen Barry interviewed them, and uh, it was about them being from a different planet. The whole interview. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like serious commitment. Yeah, here. like <laughs> and like the whole. T- I mean, like I, I know the lads; they're all really, really sweet, really, really like into what they're doing. But it's just so like they like they're on it and like. It's almost like in the same sense as like um, how am I thinking of like Sunra or like um, like one of those sort of space jazz kind of mm. outfits. Goat even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're kind of committed to this like persona. Yeah. Where like it's unshakable. You can't be like, ah, oh, you're 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 joking. Mm. You know, like I know you're you're taking piss. And like and then <laughs> after a while, it's like, all right, you're still doing it. Like you're still in it. You're in this bit. It gets really infectious. I think. Yeah drawn into it yeah 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 <laughs> um so i suppose how, how long has it been since uh Sally go around the stars five years five years okay i know i know that off the back because i'm doing the next one now okay cool yeah, uh, yeah. Another, like a children's book again yeah yeah, yeah. Well, like the sequel to that oh great it's called a sailor goes to sea okay cool. and it's due i think it's due out in autumn okay. so i have to finish it by march which is um Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's also like uh, it's five years ago. So like, I mean, uh, when I did that children's book, I'd never really done anything, and I sh- I went round to like six different shops to get the right pencil so that the line looked the same on every page. Like now I have a computer. Mm. That's the difference between like five years ago and now. It's yeah. Like then I was like I didn't really know how to use Photoshop. Now I can like just kind of zip around and I'm like going back to that book to kind of like what pen did I use? And, mm. Why is a sequel? So you obviously have to have some sort of consistency. Like, like I mean, I don't think the publisher is that bothered yeah, with yeah. that kind of consistency. But I'm just doing it for shits and giggles. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, because then I'll just be able to kind of like ah, I did that. I'm deadly. But mm. like, uh, I think it's also kind of it means a lot to me that they I got to do a book. Mm. So I sort of want it to be like like a second, like a sequel, mm. like that they're connected or the whatever. Thread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so d- did you work with Guts from the beginning? Guts is yes. my girlfriend's project. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Roisin Agnew. Okay, um, cool. So she, she's a writer and she was yeah. looking for um, 
We have all of them for a day. And oh like shit, big. really? No way. Yeah, yeah big, they're all there. We're big fans. Um, I'll tell her that, or she'll hear it, she'll <laughs> read it. But uh, yeah, no, she, she, was, she was a writer, she was looking for a more personal gig, and uh, I think she was having a hard time trying to kind of like make her mark or whatever. Um, so she kind of went and did that. And uh, what was really, she's, she was born and raised in Italy, but her, both her parents were Irish, so they okay. live over there. So I think she kind of like, when she started the project, I was like, oh yeah, sure, that's a great idea. Kind of like with my very sort of Dublin mindset of like, like it obviously won't succeed, but like that's a really sweet idea. Mm. And she just kind of, I think out of naivety and na like being naive, she kind of like just did it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a fucking amazing project. And it's my favorite thing I've done in the last couple of years just because uh, she just let me loose, you know, like as in within the parameters of each piece, but mm. like, and I was able to do adult stuff as well, which I don't really get to do very often. Mm. And and you mentioned it's sort of like projects in Dublin being sort of some of them being fleeting. Do you think print is inherently fleeting? Um, it is and it isn't because like it kind of ebbs and flows. Mm. Like as in, it, it sort of like it, it might disappear for a while and then there's a craving for it. You know, as in like. Uh, it might be, it might not be as prevalent, like as in ubiquitous everywhere, like just print is where you go to do something. Mm. But I think after a certain while, like if you're doing everything online and you release a print issue like you guys did, it has this like weight and like it mm. gives you an excuse to celebrate something and like, you know, gather around, mm. you know what I mean? And doesn't like meet people face to face and go, look, you made mm. this thing. Yeah. And that's a, like that's dead. Yeah. So the Jameson collaboration, how did that come about? Um, as far as I know, I, I'm not I'm not really sure where the story starts. Yeah. But I know that they went through like 150 Irish illustrators. Uh, like they literally have a wall somewhere with all of us up there, <laughs> and they went through them. And like as far as I know, because I was really curious about this. Yeah. They had this wall and they kind of whittled it down to like 30, and then they did a couple of like they put out um, an email uh, like to a bunch of people, kind of like sussing out would they be available, not telling them what it was, mm. and like you know, I would have got one of those, and then they kind of whittled it down to like 10, and then five, and then three people, and, it, and by the time I got to three, you're like pitching mm. fully finished. Do you know who You know who the other two were? I ah. Uh, I'd be killed for saying yeah, it. Yeah, I, so I, I, I literally just, <laughs> so glad I thought of that, but like. Uh, <laughs> I because Dublin's so small, yeah. Um, I knew who the three were. Did I find out who both of them were? Yeah, I knew who both of them were. I think. Um, but I mean, like at some stage, everybody was on the list, mm. which means everybody is still on the list. Yeah. Because, um, uh, like, as in, as far as I'm concerned, doing a job like that, especially with a brand that's kind of like. Jameson are a friendly brand, mm. like they're kind of nice people to work with and they're very supportive of illustrators and designers. So it feels like winning the lottery, like as in, in the scope of doing design work, it's just this kind of like, it's a golden ticket. Mm. So uh, yeah, like when they, they contacted me with an email out of the blue, um, and I still don't understand the process of how they found out who I was or what I do or whatever, that's all voodoo to me. But, uh, um, yeah, like I, I, I would love to know more about that process. Mm. Of actually whittling it down, what, what, is, what is sort of, what, what made you stand out and things yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I don't know if that's good knowledge or bad knowledge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is how you get a job with us. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and then I'll just repeat that. Um, and in terms of direction, 
do, were you sort of given a brief or how much um, freedom were you given? Um, they, it was weird in the beginning. They just said, "Have at it, like do whatever," mm. um, and there was no restrictions, which was terrifying because, like, I really wanted the gig. Mm. Uh, so, like, I. I've researched it and stayed up like you know, for nights on end trying to come up with this amazing idea without really knowing what the limits were. Mm. And I pitched something and they're like, that's great, but here's all the limits. So it's like after the first pitch, they're like, you can't do this, 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 and this, because it has to, the bottle has to be, um, it's going to be in like Russia, China, and all these places with really specific rules mm. on what you can put on a, a whiskey label. So it became this kind of like weird, sort of crossword puzzle of like how to get a message across and filter through like all these different countries that was the hardest part mm. like that that's like the making the bottle design was a two-year process so I, w I started it april 2015. wow and that's like that's literally when they like emailed me and then it was like and then i think i would have had a design that was sort of like the idea mm. by christmas and it's just like trying to figure out how to like get away with that. Yeah. And it, like that was their mindset. They're like, that's cool. We really like this idea. Like the um, the chance your arm kind of vibe. Yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah. So like it, it, a lot of getting the bottle um, came down to the pitch. Uh, and I like pitches because uh, I don't know. I, 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 I pack a bunch of stories into every single illustration just mm. for my own entertainment. So I, I kind of liked that part. Mm. And I told him the story about like my chancing your arm and this door in St. Patrick's Cathedral that was really there and that you know was the inspiration for this phrase to chance your arm. And I, I, I couldn't get over the fact that there was this like physical piece of like, you know, lore or whatever in a room that was there. And nobody really knew about it, but it wasn't like a, an attraction literally just around the corner yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. and like it, it, when i because i had a studio around there and i went in and i asked you one who worked there like was you know is it like do a lot of people know about it or what's the story you tell or whatever and she said nobody even goes near it because the phrase chance your arm doesn't exist outside the country mm. and it's only tourists who come to st Patrick's cathedral so they just see a door yeah. yeah and they, there's no point in saying anything about it mm. so like i pitched that to them as like oh we can you know, own that phrase and like it's kind of it's a nice phrase and mm. stuff and they were into that. So then it became like 18 months of working out how you can get away with just depicting that on a bottle. Like mm. you can't you can't have people. Like you can't show any people on a bottle. Okay. Um and for and my first pitch had just people everywhere. Like as in it was just like all these like because I was trying to do sort of connections between Irish people across the world or whatever. Mm. Um, and like, I'm, I'm pretty sure by next year you won't be allowed to show hands and they'll have to move on to something yeah. else. Yeah. The but, uh, Steve McCarthy case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just my face on the front yeah. is like, I have agreed to put my face yeah. in. But uh, yeah, no, I, I really like that kind of puzzle of like trying to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, like it's a whole different side of creative work, like trying to just figure out the logistics of like the legality of it or whatever. Mm. Um, great. And just so I suppose to finish up, what's what's sort of next? What's what's the next twelve months looking like for you? Um, I'm doing the the next poster for another love story at the moment. Great. Um, which is deadly because it's like a continuing series. It's a story. Yeah. It? Yeah. Well, like it's it, like it's funny with Emmett. Like he, uh, I did the first poster for him, 
And I was like, all right, cool. Like, if we're doing the second one, let's go completely crazy and go and like completely like new design or whatever. And he's like, no, I want to do like the same again. I was like, that's boring. Like, let's do something else, like something completely crazy. He's like, no, like continue the story. And I had the same argument with him the third year. And I was like, fuck, like, can we not just do something else? And he's like, no, 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 let's like continue the story. And then like three years later, I've got this little collection. And I'm completely like blown away by just the power of it being a continuing Mm. thing. So now I'm like fully on board. Like I'll, I'm going to continue that story. Is there another another book book out of another love story? Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I, I, in saying that now that I've agreed to do what he suggested, I feel like there's more of a chance I'll fuck it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm doing that now, and then finishing the children's book, and then doing all the promotion for Jameson, which is a weird, bizarre kind of ride. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, and, and going over, like, uh, Roisin has finished Guts magazine, yeah. and she's moved over to Lisbon, Okay, cool. which is my favorite city in Europe, so I'm hoping, hoping when things kind of die down over summer to knock over there, and she's working on, I think she's doing like a special edition Guts, uh, but she's like working from Lisbon for, from the, for the summer, so hopefully knock over there. Cool, like, yeah. Months. 